You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 337. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 337. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. You threw it to me with your pinky today. I threw it with the pinky. That's right. Those Five, four, three, two, one pinky coming that's... your way. <laughs> I really want to grab that pinky when you do that. <laughs> so those of you who don't know, we do like a little countdown before we start. And Mr. Smith does it on his giant hand. He's like five, four, three. And he usually throws it over to me with his index finger. But today. It came with the pinky. It switched up with that pinky. That's right. That's right. Just like the English. You know, <laughs> like you're sipping some tea. That's right. Good day, governor. Good day to you, sir. Oh, kind sir. <laughs> well, we are thrilled that we have officially offended everybody <laughs> <laughs> in, England, in England with that horrible, horrible accent. <laughs> Fucking Americans. <laughs> and but we do have an awesome topic I haven't done before on the show. Oh, it, wait, what episode is this? This is three three seven. And you're coming up with new material. New material. God, dog, you're amazing. I know. I I. Think of that every day. <laughs> and that's why I well, do. Well, now you have confirmation. And that's why I do what I do. So I could teach you how to think you're amazing as well. <laughs> that's we're, right. We're going to talk about five ways to figure out your boundaries. Interesting. Okay. This actually right, came in. up in the After Hours community. Okay. <sighs> you didn't do Oh, it. it's not the time. I know, but I want you to be <laughs> on it. <laughs> I didn't. It, Let's it didn't try register. Let's you know when you see somebody at like CVS, and they're usually and at it's at someone the gym. that you normally see at the gym or normally see at school or something, and you're like, I think I know that person. It's like, oh yeah, it's my cousin. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, that's my child. <laughs> you're totally out of context. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, let's try it again. Yeah, yeah, let's try so it again. this came up from the After Hours community. After Hours. <laughs> Ooh, I like the little drive-by you did there. <laughs> That's awesome. And somebody asked me, and I had never even thought of this before. She said, I know you've talked a lot about how to actually establish a boundary and like set a boundary, deliver it, all of that. But what if you don't have any idea what your boundaries actually are? That's a great question. Or how to figure them out. So I yeah. thought, you know what? Let's, yeah, let's do a podcast on it. That's right. And I'm <laughs> always looking for content, by the way. I want to sound off on the things that you want to hear about. So if you are not aware, on every single show notes page, so this show notes page would be thejoyjunkie.com slash 337. There is a spot where you can submit a show topic. And I haven't gotten very many of them lately. I yeah, used recently. to get We haven't been ton. publicizing it. That's right. I haven't talked yeah. about it as much. But that's something that's always available to you if there's something that you would really like my take on. Sometimes there's things that I feel aren't really within my zone of genius. Like mm. if it's about – parenting in particular or things sure, like sure. that. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm the best suited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 
But if there are other things that you would like help on, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 337. You'll be able to see the spot to submit a show topic. So before we jump into all of this, we probably should set the tone. Yeah, let's set the tone. Get the the mood right. That's right. Yeah. So to – well, let me just say that (laughs) – Nice save. (laughs) We do a little segment that I like to call – would you rather? You like how I save that? I love it. All right. So would you rather date someone who talks too loudly? Oh. Or someone who looks like they are constantly staring? Oh. Like at other people or staring at you? In general. Just constantly staring. Remember when you would tell me about <laughs> massaging people and you were doing the massage and they would just be like staring up at you very awkward so awkward like good go ahead and close yeah (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and close if you're like looking up at the ceiling or something that's one thing but if you're like like staring right at me yeah it's like um go ahead and close uh yeah i'm gonna start saying that well i i asked my dentist once i'm gonna do like you do like to dead people to close their eyes and i'm just gonna like run my fingers down their face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, put two nice stones on their eyes <laughs> or some coins on their eyes. Some coins, yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I asked my dentist that once. I was like, Do you ever have people who you're all up in their grill and they're just like staring up at you, like, mm. you know? And they're like, Not usually, but every once so in a while. So, did you do it then? And I was like, Does this feel, oh, does this feel awkward? <laughs> But that's the worst. that is the worst when they ask you a question and you're like, you should know. Yeah. I, I'm not available. I have my mouth full of spit right now. I'm not available for questions. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So would you rather date somebody who chronically stares all the time? Like looks like they're looks like they're staring all the how time. Can, how can it be looking like they're staring? They're either staring or they're not. Don't, semantics. Do love. not give me that look. It's semantics. This is your segment. I expect that you bring your A game. I'm going to just stare at you for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Staring contest, yeah, me and you. me and you. You always win. Oh, no. What is it? You win. You, you always, always do. do. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Stare or or laugh. Well, because sometimes my mom's like that, where I'm like, quiet down. Pipe down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's where a few people like that. I'm like, you don't, we don't need to talk that loud. Right? I have a client that does that. I'm like, we're in a 10 by 10 room. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting some serious reverb off of you. Yeah. I'm like, my neighbors know what your problems are. Exactly. Well, you you do have thin walls at the the clinic. That's true. Okay. Staring. Ooh. Okay. So I think both of them would make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the would you rather. But with – oh, God. But the (laughs) – don't be condescending. The staring, though, do they – are they staring at you or staring at everybody else? In general, love. Someone who looks like they're staring all the time. Just, yep, just like that. <laughs> yeah. All the time. You can't even open your eyes real wide. <laughs> like, to open them as wide as you can. Oh, okay. You can. All right. But, but just <laughs> Look at top. my hand. My hand, my hand open, <laughs> like, all wide. Yeah, like, like, a, a, like you're about to throw a web like Spider-Man. Or like Palma basketball, which would not happen. No. Okay. Well, what would you choose? Gosh. Well... I already am married to someone who talks too loud. So. I don't no, talk too loud. <laughs> you like it loud. I, I do. <laughs> okay. I do. I oh, I think 
just for the sake of if there was sex involved, I would not want to be have somebody staring at me. <laughs> you were like, let's go ahead and switch positions. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, flip you over. Um, <laughs> go ahead and close. <laughs> <laughs> nice so, callback. So I'm going to go with the loud. Because that loud. that could be okay in the bedroom. Loud could be okay. In the bedroom, okay, but not in a restaurant. Or, right, know, and they're like, let me get the fettuccine. <laughs> I guess I think I could get used to that more than I could get used to the staring. Yeah. Voice of modulation syndrome? Yes. I struggle with voice modulation. <laughs> okay, so we would love to hear. Anyway, we should probably get to some. Yeah, yeah. We some, got some content in here somewhere. Some personal D going on. Personal D. You're my personal D, babe. You always say that. I and know. I'm so thankful that I am. <laughs> Your personal deed. Hashtag blessed. We would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about it on Mondays over in the After Hours community. After Hours. I even had an inflection. You did. You caught me. You got my attention. You better bring it. And this is our little corner of Facebook, and it's an awesome group. So much great camaraderie, support. And I run a really tight ship, so there's not a bunch of people trying to sell you shit or get you into their groups or anything like that. We really stay focused on the ways we want to grow and be better. And on Thursdays, I do an additional uh, live training. So if there's other specific things that you want help on, you can certainly throw those into the question queue. And yeah, so Mondays we talk about, would you rather Mr. Smith kind of sounds off if there's anyone who tries to Mm. loophole it up. He's like- There's a couple of loopholes on the last one. Nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. So pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's right. So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, that redirects you right over to our little area. And I will not let you in unless you answer the fucking questions and agree to the (laughs) – it drives me nuts. It's so simple. There's one question that says what is the biggest thing you want to work on as far as personal development goes, and people just don't answer it. I'm like, goodbye. Like you you have to answer. And then there's a a section where you have to agree to – the rules of the group. Right. And so if you don't do that, like, come on. Come on. Just come on. I know. All right. So let's talk about five ways to figure out your boundaries. Not six, because that'd be way too many. Well, that'd be way five too many. Five is perfect. But if you don't have success. You have five fingers. If you don't have success with this, you yeah. get the sixth one free. You get the- <laughs> if you don't have success. But wait, you get the first five for free. So never mind. Fuck it. Yeah. You're just getting five. But why would five, five fingers discount. have anything to do with it? Oh, yeah. Well, like, well, there's not stealing. It's just a joke. It's not good. And besides that, it's four <laughs> fingers and a thumb, right? So it's really Phalanges. Nice. Five phalanges. But if you got the sixth one, then it would be five fingers and, and a thumb. <laughs> How? Unless you had Maybe another. if you, you would get. What if you got an extra thumb? What, what if you had <laughs> like three fingers and two thumbs? This is the dumbest show ever. <laughs> okay. I think we smoked before. We I got feel on the like podcast. you are extra squirrely last week and this week. Um, I cannot be controlled. That's I'm right. Like our president, you are unbridled. That's right. Nice little slip in there. I, like I love that. it. Okay, number one. Oh, actually, before I jump into my lovely num, you know, numbered system, I want to talk about a couple of things related to boundaries. So sometimes it gets thrown around a lot and we're like, what is a boundary even? Like, what is it? And the way I look at it, and you can look at it through a number of different lenses, like personal boundaries, like how close somebody can be to you, that kind of thing. For our context and what I talk about most of the time on the show is in relation to speaking up for yourself for a majority of the the case. Relationship boundaries. Right. Right. And 
times when you probably need to give voice to things. So the way I kind of distill it down is what are the things that you are going to take a fierce stand for that you will no longer tolerate? Okay. I'm sure you've heard the statement of you teach people how to treat you. Oh, yeah. I feel very strongly that it's you teach people how to treat you through what you tolerate. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I will talk with students or clients and they will be so upset about something and really reading into somebody's behavior, but they have said absolutely nothing. And I'm like, that other person probably has no idea what a big deal this is to you. You know, because yeah. you, you're you essentially selling false goods. You're pretending like it's fine. Meanwhile, there's something that you're tolerating that's really, really bothering you. So that's the lens through which we're going to look. The other thing that I want to mention, too, before we jump in is specificity is absolutely the best as far as establishing boundaries and figuring out what they are. A lot of times, if you have a really vague boundary, like, oh, I won't tolerate disrespect. It's like goals, right? What the fuck does that mean? It's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have ambiguous or vague goals, it's so much easier for them to not become achieved. And if you have ambiguous and vague boundaries, it's likely that you aren't going to be able to take a really firm stand for them. It really wouldn't be a boundary, would it? It would just be sort of like wishful thinking, I would say. Sure. So again, that example of, I need you to just res- – I, I don't tolerate disrespect. Well, what what exactly does that look like? Let's mm-hmm. get really definitive. Okay. So as we go through this, I'm going to give you five different places to look to think about, oh, there might need to be a boundary established in this area of my life or with this person. Okay. The other thing that I'll say is that I've heard so many people say, oh, it just makes me so uncomfortable. I hate confrontation. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Nobody likes confrontation. That's right. Some people do. Very few. few. MMA fighters love confrontation. (laughs) There's a handful of people who use that as their defense mechanism. But I would say, by and large, a majority of the people that I come across do not want to have – they don't want to be uncomfortable. And that's what confrontation involves. And I don't even think we need to use that word. I think just conversation Mm -hmm. and communication is really what it's all about. And I did do, we'll link to it in the show notes, I did do a podcast specifically on confrontation. So we'll link to that in case that's something that you need to unpack a little bit further. All right, so number one, this is my favorite place to look for a boundary that may need to be established. And that is, what do I chronically complain about? Okay. And the caveat here is that it is usually something you complain about to the wrong party. Yes. In an okay. air, and when I say complain, I'm talking about when you haven't brought it up to somebody in the past or the the party who it's applicable to. It's one thing if you've expressed over and over again and a boundary is getting stepped on. That's a totally different thing. I'm talking about when you've been so pissed at your spouse, there's one thing that they do that's so insidious and drives you nuts and your mom gets the earful. Like, ah, she's always doing this or he's always doing that. But you don't want to have the conversation with your partner. So you just mm-hmm. tell your sister or your mom or your therapist and you're really upset with mom and you tell your partner, you know, or whatever it may be and where it's continual. Because it's one thing if you need to vent it out or you just need to kind of purge a frustrating scenario. Sure. But it's a completely different thing if it is repetitive. 
And if it's mm-hmm. over and over and you continue to be frustrated, but don't give voice to it. Yeah. That is the first place for you to look. What do I chronically complain about that is to the wrong party, the party who can't do anything about fixing it? A lot of times we're just so fucking frustrated. We want an outlet and we want sympathy. And most of the time, if you've been listening to this pod, most people respond with advice. Here's what you should do. Here's that. And you're just like, oh, I just want you to also be pissed. <laughs> so there's a whole slew of of challenges in that. But today, what we're going to look at is these places to look, these places to excavate for your boundaries. And then we'll also link in the show notes. I've done uh, another pod fairly recently on how to actually establish the boundary. Okay. So this is figuring out what they are mm-hmm. and then check out the show notes to figure out how to actually deliver Implement. it. Yeah. And have that that conversation. All right. So number one, what do I chronically complain about? Number two, what pisses me off, offends me, and when do I bite my tongue? So this may not be something that happens consistently from one party, but perhaps a specific topic. I was talking to a gal yesterday and who was interviewing me for a podcast and she was we were talking about the things that we just absolutely cannot let slide and for her it was rape culture having anything to do with boys will be boys or you rape jokes or things like that she's like I will not let that slide mm-hmm. but there are other things that she's like oh I'm thinking as you're talking there's so many other places where I'd let them slide a little bit And I'm sure you've heard me use the phrase of do not let your silence make you a liar. Yeah, yeah. And it's and this is really when you are in the direct earshot or the vicinity. I don't feel like this applies to social media, let's say, unless unless it's on somebody writes on your page or in your group that you run. Okay. Then I think you have a responsibility to respond. But I, when I'm talking about boundaries and being offended or things that piss you off, I don't really feel like it's – I think it's kind of futile to go online and argue with strangers yeah. or somebody you went to seventh grade with. Right. I just – to me, it's <laughs> such a waste of fucking time. What I'm talking about is when you're in the office and there's a snide remark that gets made that you find offensive. Those are the moments where – we usually go, okay, speaking up or setting a boundary here that that's not acceptable to say around me feels really hard and really uncomfortable. And what I want you to understand is it does not have to be this big elaborate ordeal. In fact, I had a situation once where I was at a network marketing meeting event back in the day when I was promoting my little coaching business, probably about 10 years ago. And there was somebody who made a snide comment about Obama, assuming that I was conservative because I was in a very conservative area Mm. and was really making – it was quite disparaging. And I said, I don't share that opinion. I respect that that's yours, but I would appreciate it if you didn't bait me into that conversation. So that's it. Like that's all you have to say in order to be in integrity. Yeah. You know what? I actually don't agree, but we certainly don't need to get into it. Or I don't share that opinion, but I'm going to let you guys talk that out and I'm going to politely excuse myself. You don't have to get involved, but I do think it's a massive 
message to your self-worth that what you are offended by matters your because all of what we're offended by is typically rooted in our values and our belief system. So that matters. And giving voice to that in some way is that small, small subconscious message that what you what you need to say and what you believe really matters. Sure. And we think about so many times we just go, oh, it's too hard. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to. And I'm sure you've heard me say this repeatedly over and over and over again. If you do that behavior, you're saying those people matter more than me. Those people matter more than me. And even though what we think it is on the surface is just that it's straight up uncomfortable, right? Yeah. We just think, oh, gosh, that's that's hard to say. So pick a phrase like that and rehearse the fuck out of it. I actually don't share that opinion. I actually don't share that opinion. I actually don't share that opinion. So, so simple. Yeah. But we don't need to get into it. But we don't need to get into it. Very easy. Okay? So start thinking about what are those situations when maybe maybe even when it's presented like a joke. That's a great place to oh, look. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or like in my situation where somebody just presented it like everybody believed that. Yeah, right. Or that it's common, a common sentiment. And I was like, ah, actually not me. Right? Those are specific boundaries. I had a situation where my mom and brother were joking about Caitlyn Jenner and transitioning, and they don't understand it. And they were making a joke about it, making light of it. And I was not directly within earshot. They, I, it, I wasn't included in the conversation, but I realized that that was enough that that really, really bothered me. And if they are going to believe that and handle that, that's fine. But I don't want to be near it. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be complicit. Yeah. So in that situation, I did what I like to call declaring the do-over. And I said, okay, if that situation ever arises again, I'm going to say, you know what? I actually find that really offensive. I'd appreciate if you kept those types of jokes to yourself, or at least not when I'm around. Something Magical. like that. Yeah. Okay. So keep in mind, when does my silence make me a liar? What It could be in the workplace. It could be with family. It could be with your partner. It could be with friends or your partner's friends. Sometimes mm-hmm. that is – it can be really sticky. Number three. Now, this one's a little more uplifting and it's okay, sort of a, a different angle. Okay. That's okay. I'm going to take it right back down after. <laughs> <laughs> don't, get, don't get comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> Number three, this is a great way to kind of tap into how you operate. What components must be present for me to feel happy and healthy? These don't, and I'm going to give you a ton of examples, but these don't necessarily have to be about speaking up. Speaking up definitely becomes a byproduct of it. But these are things like a personal boundary for me is I have to get eight hours of sleep. So if there's something that is requesting me to be out too late multiple days in a row, I may have to decline. I do that too. Perfect example. So these are more our physicality, our healthy lifestyle boundaries. It could be exercise. It could be something like that. Like if somebody asks you last minute to help out and you have a workout scheduled, it might be – that may be a boundary of – Ugh, I can't break this date with myself. It's something that is non-negotiable. So you, you can think of it through that lens too. What are my non-negotiables as far as my health is concerned? Okay. Sometimes this shows up in like food and drink. 
for example, where people are like, why? I, I know a lot of people kind of in the sober community or recovery community get a lot of shit when they decide to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Or even if you do like an alcohol experiment or a 30-day sober January or whatever, where people go, oh, gosh, you're no fun. Yeah, yeah. Those are a perfect opportunity to establish a boundary and say, you know what? My health is really not up for debate. You know, like just period. I'm not going to be guilted into putting poison in my system Yeah. or whatever, however your natural response is. But those are the specific boundaries that I'm talking about related to health. I think one of the biggest pieces of this is declining things because of needed rest or knowing, for example, that you have to organize yourself for the week or else you are going to just be so stressed out. So you may have to decline an event like that. It can also be, I've heard this a a multitude of times, people who give you shit for what you choose to eat. Like, oh, you're eating rabbit food or what crazy hippie diet are you on this time or uh, those sort of things that make you feel like "Um, something that I'm doing is wrong. No. You know, go ahead with your pesticides, knock yourself out, but – (laughs) right so something that you can say in response to that is i'm not going to be guilted about making healthy choices for myself i don't know if that's your intention but i'm certainly not going to be right something like that but those are places to look are there family perhaps when you go to a family function where maybe even it's cultural That there's an expectation that you partake in drinking or in a specific type of food that you don't enjoy or don't feel like it's harmonious with your system or you don't want your children to consume that. Those Mm -hmm. are very specific physical boundaries. I do find that when they are more health-related, people tend to have more of a stronger stand in that. Okay. But we need to also filter that into – our mental health and being able to actually speak up for all of the health-related stuff. Right, right. All right. So we've got number one, what do I chronically complain about? Usually to the wrong party. Number two, what pisses me off, offends me, or when do I bite my tongue? Mm-hmm. There might be a boundary needed there. And then three, what are the components that must be present in my life for me to feel happy and healthy? That's what I would have to think about. You know, because it's it's like, hmm, what would make me happy in this situation? Right. You know, you really have to put some thought to that one. I think it's um, – we could also look at it through the lens of priorities. Like if – here's here's one. I, I decided to do like a 30-day no drinking challenge right. recently. And I went out to a friend's birthday party and I knew that I wasn't going to drink. Now, that was a very hard line boundary for me. Now, there could have been – Nobody did give me a hard time about it, but I was ready for it because I knew that it didn't matter what anybody said about that, that that was a hard and fast boundary for myself. Yeah. And it can be related to to that stuff. It can be related to how long you're going to stay at a specific function. It can be physical boundaries in a relationship. Like I'm not interested in having sex until we hit three months or until I experience this very specific feeling. You know what I mean? Like I think especially in dating and take this with a grain of salt because it's been since the 90s since we've dated. (laughs) But there's there's all sorts of notions about what you should or shouldn't do with your body, like that you owe some – after a certain amount of time, you owe people something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never understood that. No. Fucking body autonomy, my friends. So that that can also be a boundary 
that I'm not going to do this level of physical or sexual activity until this criterion has been met. And I had that even when I was super Christian-y straight edge when I was in (laughs) high school. I mean, shocker. But I I didn't want to do anything below the waist until it was somebody really – and that was my boundary. That was my very clear boundary. Now, I didn't necessarily respect (laughs) the boundary of my ultra-conservative high school boyfriend who didn't want to even do that. Hello, guilt and fear. But to each their own, to each their own. I have since given him a lot of shit for that. (laughs) And Mr. Smith is reaping all the benefits. Yes. I digress. So think about those sorts of things. What needs to be present in order for you to feel comfortable and safe and happy and healthy in your body? Okay. So those are more like your physical parameters, physical boundaries that you might need to to tend to. For, even for me, though, I have one of like I don't particularly want to be doing outdoorsy stuff. Like I have to really think about do I want to partake in that event? Mm-hmm. Because it's super sexy and exciting to everybody else, and I feel <laughs> I feel a sense of obligation that I should want that as well. But I have to really think: is that something that would be fun for me? Is that something that I want to push myself and grow and stretch? Okay, number four. This is somewhat similar, but I wanted to parse this out a little bit further. What behaviors or statements from others make me feel? unsafe or anyone that I intentionally avoid because they give me lingering hugs, like they take a little Uh, too long with hugs. Or maybe it is, I've heard people talking after hours about family members who constantly call them names. And to me, that is straight up fucking verbal abuse. Yeah. And those sorts of things like raising voice, yelling, throwing things, that's unacceptable behavior. Sure. So those sorts of boundaries are I'm happy to have a conversation with you about this, but I will not allow you to speak to me in that way. I like that. Like straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you would like to to be respectful and have a respectful conversation, I'm completely on board, but I will not tolerate being called names. Now, is there any kind of a program that would help people get to where they felt confident enough (laughs) to say these things or to look into these things? You're the cutest co-host ever. (laughs) You're the best. Yeah, this is is interesting that you brought this up because this is something that I have my students and my clients routinely message me. I have this conversation coming up with my mom. Uh I have this issue with my partner or this new dating situation. I don't know if I can say X, Y, or Z. I have this issue with my family. What do I do? How do I say this specific boundary in a way that I can come across in a way that I'm proud? What does that look like? I've never known anything other than sweeping it under the rug or yelling and screaming. And we go through that at length in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my signature program. I'm sure you've heard me mention. Triple D. (laughs) That's right. Triple D. (laughs) My bra size. My bra size. (laughs) Yeah. Not exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, fun with itty bitty titties. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Itty bitty smitty titties. The triple D titty committee. <laughs> triple ditty? Oh my gosh. So, deep down and dirty. Anyway. <laughs> Where were we? 
Oh, I got distracted by titties. But, it, but it's really fascinating because the chronology of Deep Down and Dirty is one in which the very beginning piece of it is we unpack all the shit that's not working, all the disempowering beliefs, all of the negative self-talk, the things that you've bought into as truth, like I'm not enough, I'm not deserving of love, I'm not capable, all of that bullshit that really creates your reality. And then we move into who do I want to be in this world? What's my identity? What are my values? What do I stand for? And then the final piece is a lot what we're talking about today, but so much more involved and in depth, which is how do I now, if I love who I am, if I believe that I'm I, I'm enough, now how do I communicate with that with the outside world? How do I establish boundaries, have tough conversations, say no, those kind of things that we really don't feel like we are capable of doing. A lot of it's rooted in that self-worth or enoughness piece. Mm -hmm. So if you are interested in Deep Down and Dirty, your first item of business would be to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I have a completely free workshop masterclass that you can attend. And it really chronicles a lot of the work that we do, how we work with the subconscious mind as well as the conscious mind, the behavioral patterns, and how it's really rooted in science. And the results that people get are astronomical. I mean, it really, truly is a transformational program. Yeah. So if you've been listening and you've been going, yeah, these are great ideas, but they're not always sticking for you or you're not implementing enough, you might be a collector of personal development, which I talk mm. about in that workshop. So start there. Have a watch through that. You'll know very quickly, like, oh, fuck, I need this. Or, yes, that's totally me. You'll know very quickly. And then at the very end of that, you have an opportunity to book a complimentary session with a member of my team. And you could talk about specifically what you've been up against and what you want to change because it's likely that I have seen it a million mm -hmm. times over. And it's really cool because I see a lot of times where people we, – we work on the self-worth piece, like genuinely – getting out of the self-doubt, perfectionism, people-pleasing behaviors. And then once they've really gotten through that, they do amazing things. They, I've seen people snowball, right? uninvite toxic parents to their wedding. Wow. I've seen people manifest soulmates, leave really awful marriages in relationships that, that they knew they needed to escape from. I've seen people start businesses, go back to school, quit smoking, lose weight, like all sorts of shit shifts when you've actually changed your relationship with yourself. That's so true. It, it's amazing. It is amazing. Because if you think about it, what do we usually do? We usually fucking self-sabotage. The minute we want to go for this new career path, what do we say to ourselves? Who do you think you are? You're never going to achieve that. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Did I? So then, of or course, we get distracted. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. We distract ourselves by other, with other things. Like, I don't really want that. Right. Or we get the whole well, Like, I do want that, but I'm going to do this first. Or shiny right. object syndrome yeah, or perpetual yeah. student syndrome, mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. All right. So I'm so glad that you asked, Mr. Well, Smith. thank you. I'm glad I brought it up. And you can find that link in the show notes or you can also simply go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Okay. So we covered off number four, what behaviors or statements from others make me feel unsafe? Anyone that I intentionally avoid. I even had uh, somebody mention to me in after hours that they were – going to be around family where there was a history of abuse and they specifically mm. didn't want to hug and they were asking me how do I how do I navigate that when people just like come in for a hug yeah and I don't want to be physically close to that person right that is a physical boundary absolutely 
So keep that in mind. Are there any, is there anybody like that in your workplace or things like that? Okay. And then finally, number five, are there any areas in your life where your intuition is telling you one thing, but someone in your life is telling you that it's no big deal? So I'll give you a, a, like a perfect example of that is drinking and driving, where your intuition is going, no, that's a boundary for me. I do not want to get in a vehicle when I know somebody has been driving. And they can very easily say, oh, please, you're being dramatic. I'm totally fine. But that may be a boundary for you. I know for for me, this isn't necessarily something where well, it could be. I One of our personal boundaries as far as spirituality goes is we are happy to, to acquiesce and kind of respect the spiritual practice of whoever's home we're going into. So if you pray before dinner, yeah. we are happy to observe that tradition. Absolutely, yeah. However, if you are in our home or if we are in a public environment, that's not something that we do. If you're in our home, we hold hands and say – with, With love, love and, and friendship, friendship, we eat, eat this, this meal. meal. <laughs> <laughs> Smith's tradits. That's right. We have little Smith's, Smith systems, little traditions that we love to have. And that's one of them. And that that was a boundary that we established so that we did not get baited into anybody else's religious dogma right. in our own home. And that has felt really good for us. So when I go out with my mom and she wants to pray at a restaurant, she's more than welcome to do so. But I'm not going to participate. And so that's something that we've – that to me is mutual respect. Yeah. You are allowed to serve in your way and I will serve in my way. Yep. And so that that is a boundary. Now, some people in your life may really give you shit for those boundaries. And so that's where I'm having you look at is there something that your intuition is pulling you toward that somebody else in your life is going, wait a minute, that's stupid or that's no big deal or mm-hmm. why are you making that such mm-hmm. a big deal? Another great one is when you take – stand for yourself and somebody tells you you're being too sensitive that is one of my absolute pet peeves yeah i'm like no that just means you don't share the same experience that i'm having you don't get to dismiss that right and if you do bye because i'm not interested in being dismissed for how i feel period (laughs) so it can also be talking about your dietary choices lifestyle choices maybe you're in a same-sex relationship or, for instance, my cousin, one of my cousins who I absolutely adore, is polyamorous and involved in sort of the BDSM community. And that's his thing. And he's incre- he's just the most incredible dude and super respectful of everybody. They have a whole protocol of how to have safety amongst that situation. That's not mine necessarily, but that's he has really had to contend with boundaries with his family, you know, his immediate family saying, mm-hmm. like, this is how I choose to live. You don't have to understand it. And I'm drawing this line in my, the sand. You can't speak to me like that. And I've, I stood up for him before where people in the family were starting to talk shit on him. And I was like, do you want to be respected for your lifestyle choices? I'm assuming that he would want the same. Yeah. And and <laughs> then the one cousin who I was telling that to was like, wow, I feel like two inches tall right now. And I'm like, sounds <laughs> like you've got a lot of thinking to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't tolerate yeah, be- I got some belittling. Uh, what did you say? Some growing to do. Yeah. As well. Well, he I feels just, two inches tall. I don't tolerate people talking shit about other people. I get like that when people make fun of other people's appearances too. Even if it's somebody I don't enjoy, like like our president. I don't find it acceptable to berate somebody's appearance. 
Right. Like that, that's not who we want to be. Right. Discuss politics and policy and behavior all you want. But appearance, we don't need to be like that. Right. That's, yeah. I felt the same way. I feel the same way about people that talk about the president and his appearance. That's what I just said. No, I'm saying, yeah, well, I thought you meant the president talking about other people's appearance. Oh, no. I'm talking about people talking shit about oh, him. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Because I'm, I mean, that's the same thing to me as talking shit on Lizzo. Right. Like you don't, it doesn't matter who they are, or what their faith is. You don't target appearance. That's who, we don't want to be that way. Sure. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, that is literally what I just said. <laughs> I was under the impression you meant like he gives nicknames to everybody. Yeah. You true. Know, and, true. And dogs on everybody. Yeah. And that isn't appropriate to me too. Absolutely. Regardless of who you are. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. To me, that whole – and then that's a personal boundary. So even if I'm around other liberals who are are just spewing vitriol about stuff that's happening, I'm very vocal about that. Like I don't think that that's helping the cause. Right. And I won't – I also won't participate in it, you know? Like, no, I'm not I, – I, and I will say vocally, I don't think it's acceptable to berate people for their, opinion, their appearance. Yeah. I don't think that's – how I want to show up in the world. So there you have it. Five places to start looking for boundaries that you may need to establish. Quick little recap. Number one, what do I chronically complain about usually to the wrong party? Number two, what pisses me off, offends me, and when do I bite my tongue? Number three, what components must be present in my life for me to feel happy and healthy? Like what are the things I need to defend, right? Okay. That like, makes sense. What are those those things that I need to say, nope, these are non-negotiable? Yeah. Number four, what behaviors or statements from others make me feel unsafe? Are there any people that I tend to avoid? There may be some boundaries that need to establish there. And then finally, are there any areas where your inner intuition is telling you one thing, but somebody else is being really dismissive? That's no big deal. That's stupid. You're being too sensitive. There may be a boundary needing to be uh, established there. Anything else you want to throw into the mix, my love? Well, when it comes to the implementation part, when you actually do find out what your boundaries are and you start to put them in practice. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed is there's a hesitation because there's going to be an uncomfortable moment, mm -hmm. right? But once you get past that uncomfortable moment, there's a power that comes with it too. That's right. Of like, oh, look I what, can do this. Look what I I'm can capable of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you do it a few times, you start to go, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. That's right. Yeah. So you just have to do it a few times. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. I'm really glad you brought that up because that is something that I do hear consistently from my students where they'll come back after they've had a tough conversation with whoever. A lot mm -hmm. of times it's family. Right. And they'll say, I cannot believe I did that. I am so <laughs> proud of myself, regardless of the response. Sure, Sometimes sure. the family doesn't respond well at all. Right. And they're like, I'm just so glad I advocated for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So great. I'm so glad you brought that up. And again, if you want more of that and you know you need accountability and some real serious skin in the game and a battle-tested system to get you there, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Workshop. That's right. And I think that's it. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.